Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Agricultural Statistics Service, State Statistician for South Dakota, Eric Gerlach. We'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to shoot, AeroQuip cattle shoots go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle shoots are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Eric, you folks are always counting something, and one of the somethings is the U.S. Census of Agriculture. First, what's the purpose of the Census of Agriculture? Well, the Census of Agriculture is designed to be a complete count of all farms and ranches in the United States, and we try to do that every, or do do it every five years. And a farm is considered any place from which $1,000 or more of agricultural products were produced sold or normally would have been sold during that census year. And that's a uh, definition of a farm that we've used since 1975. Has there been discussion about raising that dollar amount to reflect inflation? I don't know that there's been discussion. Okay. The, the overriding factor is that by keeping it the same, you can make comparisons year over year over year over essentially the same population. You could easily make the argument that it encompasses more places than we would normally think of as a farm. So here in South Dakota, we think of either a ranch, you know, with cattle out in the pasture, or we think of our crop farms on the east side of the state, mostly, that where we're going to see some silos and grain bins and tractors and combines. But when you get down into that $1,000, that also encompasses people that want to be representative as well. And that can start to include your urban agriculture and those growing small amounts of fruits and vegetables that they also consider themselves farms. So it's a very difficult thing to start changing that dollar value based on who you could exclude when you do something like that. So it allows for more diversity. Absolutely. Why is it so important for American farmers to fill out the agriculture census and also to fill it out as accurately as they possibly can? I'm kind of answering that with a specific example here in South Dakota. And while it's not a huge dollar value, it gives you a very good example that you can wrap your mind around of why it's important to have this information. And it comes out of our Game Fish and Parks Department here in South Dakota, and it's the Animal Damage Control Fund. And that Animal Damage Control Fund assesses counties based on the census value of the number of cattle and sheep in the given county. They're assessed that, but then also there are matching dollars that go into the program that then go back out to the counties. And so that program is funded and those services are provided to South Dakota landowners and operators based on those census numbers. And there are dozens and dozens of things that fall under that type of idea. Now that's small, local, but easy to wrap your mind around. Now you start looking at things of how we fund our farm bills and how we appropriate funds and how they score bills and programs and the funding for those programs and what they're going to cost. And now it comes down to farm numbers, heads of number of livestock, the demographics in your state and your county, 
all those things have a lot of trickle-down effect there, too, where these numbers show up where a producer is not going to notice that on a day-to-day basis, but they will notice it down the line when it affects something else indirectly in their operation. After USDA NAS gathers the data from you know the individual producers, how is that data shared across government agencies or, or with other entities, or, or is it? It's not. It's not shared any more than what anybody else could get publicly. So the census will come out, and the census will talk about the number of farms, acreages, incomes, expenses, inventories, those types of ideas, demographics, number of producers in a county, female producers, young producers, all all that demographic information, all that production information, all the inventories and acreages. But nothing specific to any operation is shared with any other federal agency. The other federal agencies would have the information the same way as you and I can go out and look at those types of things as just average citizens. Also, even the information that we publish goes through a very rigorous uh, disclosure program in that if there is, say, an overwhelmingly large producer in a county and publishing that number would essentially be saying what that producer has for acreages or what that producer has for livestock, then those are disclosed and not published. The questions that are used, I'm sure a lot of the base questions have been pretty standard over the years, but as technology and agriculture have evolved, there's always new things. Um, So is there any new questions or new topics of interest that our uh, South Dakota farmers and ranchers and ranchers across the country may see on the Ag Census survey this time? There is the collection of the number of acres of hemp production that would be considered due. There's also just some small yes or no's in terms of broadband use and you know other things related to uh, online type things. But in general, the census of agriculture has remained pretty stable from 2017 to 2022. Just as a larger type idea, I believe it was last November possibly, a note came out from the Federal Reserve Bank in Minneapolis, and they went on to talk about how banks use census data in terms of assessing risk and in terms of setting bank policy. And essentially what that means is credit for producers and how they're going to structure their programs, their credit policies, and whatever else may be going on for producers. And that goes into the idea of those indirect things that why is this that way? Well, somewhere along the line, people were looking at census data. I know my time in Washington, D.C., well, I didn't specifically work with them. Farm Credit Services used our data lab to, again, look at aggregate data, not, not producer data. But they spend a lot of time looking at that and how they're going to structure their programs, where they want to be in terms of a footprint, where they want to offer credit, and what for, and everything else. It's very important to a lot of industries, and that goes into our fertilizer, seed, chemical, our implements, you name it. They do look at this information in terms of how they look to provide inputs to our producers. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801.
The responses to the ag census or other surveys USDA and NASA sends out, essentially, is that like one individual producer's way of helping provide a piece of the snapshot of what agriculture in South Dakota looks like on the whole? Well, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things that falls under the column of control, which you can control. Now, we can't always control how things like the Farm Bill are, are debated. And there's other priorities from senators and representatives in different states. But what we can control are the facts that are at least used. And people do go searching for those facts. That's at that level. Also, right here in the state, our commodity groups from time to time take, for instance, South Dakota corn, South Dakota soybeans, the hogs, milk production. They're interested in what is the number of producers that we have. Is it growing? Is it declining? What are our sizes? And, you know, that, that's informative to those producer groups that are going to represent producers across the state and represent marketing opportunities across the world. Again, that it's a piece, not the only piece, but it's a, an essential piece in the overall uh, production agriculture here in the state and in the United States. As far as filling out the U.S. Census of Agriculture, the 2022 edition, how are producers getting it? Did they get something in the mail? Can they go online? Is there a phone call? Do we have a combination of ways? I know the initial deadline is passed, but we're extending it and giving them some more time to to get their info in. So how can they do that, Eric? Yep, it was all of the above. Uh, producers all received a postcard back in November to try to do it online, which is one of the more efficient ways, at least on our end, to get that done. After that, they received a paper questionnaire. Uh, they should have just received another one this February if they haven't completed it here after this deadline has passed. And again, the importance of the information, we're going to continue to uh, try to give every producer every opportunity to complete their census. So with this next paper questionnaire, they can fill that in, mail it back. Again, online is still open using their survey code. As we continue to move forward throughout the spring, we'll move on to contacting producers by phone and in person to, again, give everybody as much chance as possible to represent their operation in the United States Census of Agriculture. So what's kind of the, the timeline as far as the Census of Ag? We're in the gathering of data stage. Uh, how does the rest of this flow? Like, can, About when do you start going through data? And then about when can we expect to see some of this information available to us publicly? Right now we are, you know, working on the, on the gathering. And then there are edit processes that are built in to look for clear errors or information that just doesn't add up based on other information in the questionnaire. And as we go forward, as resources allow, we're going to try and get as much information in as possible, as I mentioned. That'll probably go on into April to try and get the best response rate we can for the census. At a certain point, you have to cut off gathering information and really dig into the analysis. And that'll start into June and throughout the end of 2023. Now, depending on how fast the information comes in and when we can cut off collection and move strictly to analysis, we'll determine how soon in 2024 we can publish the data. If it takes a much longer time to get data in, to try and get all counties represented in here in South Dakota, well, then that'll push back that publication date into later spring in 2024 if we can get data in faster, get to the analysis phase, do all our review, the disclosure that I spoke about, 
then it can be earlier in 2024, but we just don't have that time set in stone because we still need to allow as much time as possible to get as many responses back as we can. We just need to keep emphasizing the fact that it's important to get it filled out. And I certainly personally recognize that depending on the, the operation and the crop mix, the size of your operation, it can be a bit time consuming and I will not argue the fact that there are probably some things in the census that people do not see the need for or the reason to complete it. But I would ask certainly at a minimum that people complete it in terms of your basic inventories, your acreages, your production. Those are very important in using basic statistics and representing South Dakota agriculture. And if we could get at least that, we'd be much farther along than we have been in previous years. In South Dakota, we say it's our number one industry, or at the very least, it is a major driver of South Dakota's economy. This ag census and filling out the USDA NAS surveys, this and others sound like uh, the way we quantify that kind of bragging right we have in the ag industry. Well, absolutely. A, a great example, at least as of the last time I've been on the state's ag and natural resource website, they used census data in terms of looking at a contribution report and what agriculture contributes to the state in terms of jobs and in terms of dollars and in terms of taxes and things like that. And if you read the first page or second page of that report, you're going to see that that study that was done by an outside source relied heavily on USDA Census of Agriculture and our other annual programs. So when we do like to brag about it, it'd be nice to be bragging about it based on the best facts we have as well. And certainly when we start talking agriculture issues, if I was on the opposing side and we know we have opponents, they start finding out that our producers in the state do not support the data that we like to talk about, that's going to be an attack point for the people that do cause agriculture a lot of issues in a a number of areas. South Dakota is sitting at a return rate of just over 38%. You know, our neighbors, Iowa, they're at 52. Minnesota at 47. Just our neighbors are already nearly 10 percentage points or higher than us, you know, to the south, Nebraska at 42. North Dakota's sitting kind of close with us at 40. It is rather unique to South Dakota in this part of the country why we don't return these things. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.